welcome back <laughs> to our favorite type of episode. Wait, no, welcome back to Two Mourners. My book club. I'm Em. I'm Jordy. And now it's now our it's favorite, favorite episode. episode. I'm gonna uh, let you say it. I it's can't. our drunk and disorderly debrief. For Lee Bardugo's King of Scars. And we actually are with proper drunk in it. We're proper <laughs> drunk for this one. Look, what are we drinking today, Em? Here's the thing. I thought it would be a really good idea. <laughs> when I move my <laughs> Not me. Not, not Hermione. You. That's <laughs> Zoya to Nikolai in this book. <laughs> Literally is. I thought it would be a really good idea. Yeah. Um, because I had some Dr. Pepper, zero sugar, and cream soda. Yeah, and so it's I, healthy, isn't it? It really is. No calories, no sugar. Um, all delight, yeah. All delight. And I knew that Geordie and husband Nathan had some whiskey. We're, and, uh, we're Australian again. <laughs> <laughs> started off really strong you did start really strong you just you drift south how did i i mean australia we are from the south i just can't help it that's true that's true where did i lose it um at husband your husband you said and a husband and a husband <laughs> and a husband um had whiskey there we go there it is. that was good. we're back baby had some whiskey <laughs> and I knew that together it would taste really really good yeah so that is what we had Geordie Geordie had a little bit of a heavy pour yeah um and then I got a limp wrist didn't it <laughs> <laughs> it was really uh, really delightful it was and then I decided that I needed another drink yeah after some news, oh, why did I go Again. back to Australia? I don't know what it is. After some news, and so You're, I get it now. I understand where it's coming from. Your British accent is quieter, <laughs> and when you want to increase the volume, you go to Australia. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that tracks. So, so my second drink was Sprite and whiskey. So I've had two whiskeys. Two. Two. For the two lengths of ears, didn't it? And to be completely honest, it was it was a little more than two. <laughs> because we have a heavy hand. What yeah. did Jordi say? Have a limp wrist. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think this might be the most drunk that we've I ever think, been. No, truly, for, this uh, is a truly proper drunk. Proper drunk. Proper drunk, disorderly debrief. It's also a Tuesday. And it is also <laughs> a Tuesday. It's been a long week. Lemon, it's February. February. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's from Thirty Rock. Oh where yeah. Tina Fey's character is like some year, huh? And Alec Baldwin's like it's February. Yeah. Well, Rip. it's Tuesday. Yeah. It Tuesday. Is. Tuesday. It's, it's Tuesday, isn't it? It is, and we both have work at eight a.m. tomorrow. We sure do. <laughs> I'm bring coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, but here we are. We need it. Sometimes you need a little Tuesday. Uh, libation with your friends tuesday libation honestly i feel like we need to do this every week why did that get a little bit irish they did i feel like we need to do this every week i don't know man i'm trying my best (laughs) i'm drunk (laughs) get ourselves a pint sit down record it what could be better than that 
honestly. Like, I could, not much. I'd be really, really happy honestly. to go to to Ireland and have point. Um, Actually, oh. I don't. Well, a dark beer could be nice. I would drink a Guinness mm-hmm. in Ireland. I would. I like a Guinness. I yeah. like a Shiner Buck. One of our least favorite characters in this book, Nina, played by Danielle Gallagher, Nina. who is Irish. Mm-hmm. I bet she can pour a good Guinness. Oh, I bet she can. Mm-hmm. I think she, we saw before she deleted her social media that she did. Her and, and mm-hmm. Cal. Hmm. Everybody knows. At least we're speculating. I don't Everyone know. Everyone speculates. Everyone speculates. Unless they're just really good friends, then we're sorry. But... <laughs> Well, let's get started with the questions. <laughs> so, as usual, we'll be guiding our conversation with some prepared questions. And because we in King of Scars get a confirmation that the saints are real, uh, my first question is, what would you be the patron saint of in the Grisha Oh, that was the question. That was the question. Oh, I read this as, what would the patron, patron saints of the Grishaverse oh. be? So, as a Catholic... Love the Pope, hate the patriarchy, mm-hmm, y'all know this. Mm-hmm. As a Catholic, I did grow up with some saints, and so I, I did my due diligence and did some research. You did. And by research, I mean Googled it. So my two patron saints that I would have oversee and watch over the Grishaverse mm-hmm. would be San Jerome Emiliani, who is the uh, patron saint of, or the declared patron saint of orphans and abandoned children. Um, that fits. Because a lot of these children are orphans. Um, or <laughs> they're not children, they're you, adults. You delivered it so straight, but it is true. Oh, no. um, or just the patron saint of children, who is um, St. Nicholas of Mira. Yeah. Um, and so... Wait, St. Nicholas? Like St. Nick? Like Santa Claus? This is St. Nicholas of Mira. I don't know the difference. I don't know, man. I'm a Catholic. That's fair. I really... I, only I know about San Jerome Emiliani. Mm-hmm. I don't know about him. Actually, maybe, because he's St. Nick. Yeah. Children. Yeah, I don't know. Santa loves the children. Um, But for San Jerome Emiliani, he was, um, um, again, patron saint of orphans and abandoned children. He was declared in 1928 by Saint, by, sorry, nope, not Saint, by Mm. Pope Pius XI. All right. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. We love the current Pope. We do. Thank you for blessing us with this knowledge. Yeah. Anyway, if I... We're a saint of the Grishaverse. You're not already? I know. Well, okay, so here's the thing. I was telling Jordy this. To become a saint, you got to perform a miracle, and you have to be dead. Which tracks with um, the Grishaverse as well. Yes. And typically, a lot of times, I don't know how often. I don't know the statistics on this, actually. I could be lying. (laughs) Here's the disclaimer that this might be a a little bit of a fib. I don't know. Catholics and, you know, I'm, again, Catholic. Catholics can drink. We're fine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What was I saying? Um, I don't know. Oh, um, oh, typically, well, sometimes, because, again, you have to perform a miracle and you have to be dead in order to become a saint. Mm -hmm. Typically, saints die. In the miracle. While performing the miracle. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's like, a you're giving yourself up for other people because the miracle is typically done to serve others, um, or in service to others. Mm-hmm. And if you die in service to others, it, 
not a martyr, but kind of, and you become a saint. Yeah. So, anyway. But the actual question that I misread, because I'm drunk, would <laughs> is what would you be the patron saint of in the Grisha verse? Jordy, mm-hmm. what would you be the patron saint of? So, I feel really bad, because you just gave us all this beautiful theological <laughs> background, and you had really good... Um, explanations and you did research and meanwhile you said patron saints are usually named after or canonized because they died during the miracle and i think what am i i'm like what am i most likely to die doing and so i am i would be in the grisha verse especially because they don't have modern plumbing um maybe they do we don't know maybe maybe it's just squalors you pick the short straw just that would suck (laughs) um i would be the patron saint of arduous toilet journeys because sometimes a bitch gotta shit hard <laughs> i really hope that our co-workers listen to this. <laughs> i was thinking that I'm like of all the episodes to listen to don't let it be this one <laughs> just a warning if you do work with us it's probably not gonna get better from here on <laughs> And I would like to preserve some dignity, so just do us the favor and shuffle stop. off to the next one. <laughs> just stop. Shuffle off to the next episode or to the previous episode, but um, stop this one. But that's only if you work with us. If you don't, if then you don't, please continue listening because we're literally so funny. Um, I would be the patron saint of bears. I love it. Because I love bears. You'd be little Greg's friend. <laughs> little Greg is the bear on wheels, by the way. <laughs> I realized I called him Little Greg and didn't explain who he no, was. No, I got you. I, <laughs> here's the thing. I know you got me. We're, we're right here. Here's the thing right now. I'm gonna... <laughs> if I saw a bear. Oh my gosh. In the wild. They're so cute. <laughs> this is a great time to shout out one of our listeners, Katie, who um, sent us some incredible images of a woman's photo shoot with a bear. Yeah, she did. With the caption, this is him. And I didn't know that once I looked at the photo, it wouldn't be able to open it up. So, I saw it. I saw so it, though. I, we found it um, separately, and I showed it to her, and it was very accurate. She agreed. And I said, yeah, that would be me. <laughs> they would just welcome me with open arms. <laughs> Into an embrace. Arms wide open. <laughs> Under the sunlight. Welcome to this place. I show you everything. With arms oh my wide goodness. open. <laughs> you opened up that can of worms. I did. I knew what I was doing. Frankie and Joey who? <laughs> it's us. It's us. Okay. Mm. I hope y'all are enjoying yeah. this one because we as are. As much as we are, yeah. Um, um, so patron saint of bears question two i love it let's take five minutes each to vent our feelings about nina and her storyline in this book and forward okay do you want me to set a timer for you you can go ahead and start because i know you have stronger feelings than i do about this i feel like both of our feelings are pretty strong but yeah I, but i can start um there might be some spoilers ahead mm-hmm. for rule of wolves here i think we've already discussed in a lot of our king of scars chapters that we're not going to do as traditional reading of rule of wolves we're really going to skim Nina's chapters mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, so with that said, going to do some spoilers for Nina's story here. <laughs> You're dancing to my monologue <laughs> right now. Um, so just be aware, if you haven't read it uh, <laughs> and you want to wait for the Rule of Wolves episodes, um, jump ahead. Now it's time to jump. So Jump around. Jump, jump, jump. jump around. I miss Robin Williams. Anyway. <laughs> 
Because it was like Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, it was. It's a house party. So, five minutes on the clock. Now, uh, we've discussed a lot about how Nina's whole journey in this book is that she's grieving and dealing with it poorly. Another shout out to our great listener, Katie, who sent us memes uh, that she made um, about that. And, it was, and we will post. And we will post them and credit her on her Twitter. Um, slay, Katie. Slay. slay. One of them was like... <laughs> entering fear to in deep cover is this is this a coping mechanism and it's like the the anime guy looking at a, a butterfly it's like is this a pigeon um <laughs> it's so good but yeah it's it's like you know nina died with matthias and i get that there's a piece of that that's like poetic and moving and impactful because they were soulmates but literally in the next chapter she's like thirsting over hana so bad and that's just really upsetting to me for a number of reasons just because like Nina thinks of herself as, like, spiritually married to Matthias. Like, she says, like, they never got to make it official. They never got to, like, stand in front of their loved ones and have that commitment. But that that's how they felt for each other. And I'm saying, as a person who is married, I'm not burying my husband. And within 12 hours, sitting in this, like, log house situation and being like, mm, she's kind of cute, though. Her lips is thick. Like, that felt icky to me and you can acknowledge someone's aesthetic like appeal while you're grieving without acting on it and like from the first moment she that nina meets hana she's using her from mm-hmm. the first moment she acknowledges which it she acknowledges but it's also that's not fair to hana Mm-mm. and then we will find out it's never said like outright like this but we'll find out in rule of wolves that hana is at the very least gender non-conforming at mm-hmm. the very most a trans man and i think there's so much depth and richness that is potential in that story and we do not touch on it the thing that almost made me cry in the the episode that we did when we were talking about this mm-hmm. is that hana has no positive male examples in her life mm-hmm. if matthias had lived he could have taught hana how to be a good man <laughs> like <laughs> That's why I was, I literally wrote that in my notes because I was like gagged and crying. Like he could have been a positive example of masculinity for Hana. And like, would he, like, I would, I also would have loved to see Matthias figuring out, like navigating that gender territory of Hana yeah. being like, yeah, Brum's my dad. And I don't know that I'm a woman and him being like, okay, okay. that's great. Um, do you want me to call you Hana? Like, I just would have loved to see him in that. And then he could have taught Hana how to be a good man. And they could have had, like, a brotherhood. They could have had a brotherhood that the Druskela have tried to create, but is always going to be artificial because it's based on hate. It's right there. It's right there. And what do we do? We fake her death. She, like, it, the narrative implies that the only way that someone who is gender nonconforming can live their truth is to kill themselves and live as someone else. And we'll get more into that a little bit in Rule of Wolves, but because I know we're not going to go into it as, as in-depth in that book, because Nina's story at this point is really convoluted, um, that's what really made me upset about that whole arc, is that Nina is basically, like, a cardboard cutout of herself, and... I think it's like a disservice to the feared and people that she's going about it in a way of like they can't they won't treasure us as people so let's make sure they treasure us as saints. I get that as a tactic, but that's like, you know, Matthias could do better. Matthias showed you there was better and a nation is not its government. And instead of doing that, she's like, "No, we're just going to gaslight an entire nation from the top down 
into worship over fear, which is still coming from an in, an inauthentic place. It's worship over fear, but a different kind of fear. Exactly. It's like fear of, of retribution and fear of like disgrace and disrespect from a deity and not fear of the unknown. And I get that as a survival tactic, but I think that's a dangerous narrative. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that her story and that Hannah's story ends with them both wearing faces that don't belong to them. That absolutely infuriates me. It, it drives me insane because it's it's just, you know, there are, I mean, these are young adult books. They're geared towards, like, kids and, like, people in college and and things like that. And I'm not saying there aren't merits to young adult books. Like, mm-hmm. I mostly read young adult. Yeah. And I'm here almost closer to 30 every day. Um, but I'm thinking, you know, if I'm a kid who maybe doesn't feel at home in my body all the time, and I read this, and I see a story in which this character who's gender non-conforming, the only way they can live the way they want to live is by faking their death. Yeah. That gives me a bad message. Mm. And that's my five minutes. <laughs> that is very fair. I will say, I, okay, well, okay, you started it. I started um, it. With the Hana storyline, I, I, I don't know if I saw it as a way, I don't know if I saw it as a, Hannah killed herself to only to live had to kill herself to live authentically mm-hmm. I saw it as a situational circumstance mm-hmm. in that it worked out that way because if she hadn't done that then she mm-hmm. would have always lived as Hannah and not who she truly was which is true so it's like that juxtaposition of of is it because because it it could have been written in a way mm-hmm. that um that does honor trans people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it would, well, again, as a, as an ally and not someone who has ever experienced gender dysmorphia, I, I think it was written in a way that, um, allowed for the situational irony in mm-hmm. the story and the, um, dialogue and the plot of the story to continue forward. If potentially Lee Bardugo wrote another book, but at the expense of not necessarily not necessarily at the expense, but with sidelining the trans character in the book. Yeah. If that makes sense. So yeah. could it have been written better? Yes. But also I understand why it was written the way it was. Yeah. And I mean, these are your five minutes. I won't tell yeah. yet. No. But go ahead. It's I, okay. There we were ways narratively to get that done without having to fake her death. That is very fair. It's been we a while since that. It's been a while since I've read the book, and so I don't know. Shit, like yeah. insane. Like there's like a floating battalion. Yeah, that's if we a can whole have floating battalion. We can have trans people. If we have magic, we have trans people. <laughs> that's what I don't. I'm it's like if we have we have we have and heart renders. Hannah then... tailored herself. Like I don't like. The... I just lipstick my Valentino light bag. Yeah. Anyway, my five minutes. We're actually going to start this again. So sorry. We're going to start. I just needed to say that you. that piece about. No, I got you. I just like. Because we never want to disrespect our trans brothers and no. sisters. But it's see... like. Uh, sorry. I should not have said but. Not disrespect. But that is. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. No, we're not doing that. Never want to disrespect them. As someone who has. Again, who yeah. has not ever had any gender dysmorphia i thought it was written well yeah i can see like why why... is my voice like so (laughs) 
<laughs> deep. Because you're, you're very earnest right now. Yeah. Here, I'll go deeper. <clears throat> Please don't. No, I know. I know what you're gonna do. I know what you're gonna do. <laughs> what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? <laughs> I can't even do it. Tell me what am That's I gonna the... do? When you do that, I'm feeling. Oh. <laughs> My mom texted me this week and said that that's the funniest thing I do. <laughs> because when we went to the football game recently that Nelly uh, performed at halftime, <sighs> I get wild in crowds because there's a sense of anonymity yeah. in crowds. And I was like, Nelly! And it was really exciting. I wasn't going to do that, though. I was just going to try to make my voice as deep as possible. Um, I also forgot what the point I was going to make is. No, um, I can see how Lee Bardugo, when she was sitting down and writing it, thought, mm-hmm. oh, what a neat solution that also includes a trans character. Mm-hmm. Like, I can see that. And also, this was written f- not not to be like, Again, no, I don't. I don't want. Time. I don't want to be the devil's advocate. I. I don't want to do that. I have sat in enough classes where a white man has been the devil's advocate. Actually, and I am not white, and I am not a man, and I don't want to do that. And I'm not a devil's advocate. I don't do that. Um, um, but I. I like it was written a few years ago yeah. no, it's which again is time. not it's not an excuse but it, it was a product of its time i think if it was written now yeah i can tell and this is a positive i can tell that she is endeavoring to be inclusive i just think it's a little clumsy that's fair okay now my five now minutes five minutes okay thank you. you okay let's take our five minutes to vent our feelings about nina and her storyline in this book and forward okay so we all know how i feel about nina and matthias they are my favorite we see a lot of growth from both of them with Nina being individualist and not narcissistic, individualistic yeah. and patriotic and Matthias being kind of similar, not necessarily individualistic, more on a team aspect, but not actually understanding what a team and a family is mm-hmm. and both patriotic and they both grow to understand other people's differences and other people's beliefs and, learn to love each other mm-hmm. and Matthias calling Nina little red bird at, like I will never be over that um and her him telling her that like she is not a flower she she's not a petal she's a field of flowers because she has often Ugh. been described as too much again it's that I love them so much so good and so reading this for the first time and for the second time again for this podcast reading it through and having her bury Matthias you sense her grief you know that she is heartbroken because the love of the alleged love of her life has been <laughs> murdered and she has come to his home country to I bury him, alleged. which was his last wish. Well, I say alleged because she buries because him. Because her, her behavior is actually. Actu- she buries after. him and two pages later she sees this girl and is like, mm, she's kind of cute. Mm-hmm. I don't need that right now. If Mm-mm. Hannah had been introduced at the end of this book, Mm-hmm. And we get her story in Rule of Wolves. Mm-hmm. Fine. I like Hana. Nina gets, she spends the book mourning. She spends the book growing. Mm-hmm. Fine. She spends the book in therapy, talking to Zoya, talking to, finding Inej and talking to her through it. Mm-hmm. Or talking to her about it and getting through it. Fine. Nina's character, to me, was so, again, as Jordy said, Nina died with Matthias. The Nina after she buries Matthias is not Nina. Mm-mm. We get semblances of her in wanting to save the women. Yeah. But 
the Nina we know would never put Adric and Leonie at risk. Mm-mm. The Nina we know would never do the things. She would try and get the women out, yes. Mm-hmm. But she would not put other people at risk to do it. She would not desecrate, not desecrate, but kind of desecrate the love of her life's deity in doing it. And she mm-hmm. even acknowledges, like, Matthias would be upset at me for doing this. No, he wouldn't. If you had gone about it a different way, even if he was with you and you did that, he would not be upset because you are saving the lives of these women and children and babies and And future babies and changing minds and changing people's perspectives how he would. Because if he had lived, they both would have gone to Fierda and they both would have tried to change people's minds Mm -hmm. about Grisha Mm -hmm. and they would have been successful. Mm -hmm. And the way Nina goes about it, she acknowledges at the beginning that she's not wearing her own face, that she's not herself. And she needs Mm -hmm. to remember who she is. But in the next chapter, Nina completely forgets who she is. And she does something Nina would never do. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's, it's not her. And so I read it as almost a different character. And that's not to say Lee Bardugo ruined the character. No, no. no. This is Nina's journey through grief. And this is some people's journey, real life journey through grief. Yeah. They lose themselves. They lose themselves and who they were in it, and they're never the same from it. And I think that because of that, that 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 may be why she wrote it this way. I don't know, but it's not Nina. And again, it's not to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Lee Bardugo did this to Nina's character. I can't. Believe- I don't love the path that Nina is on because mm-hmm. again, she buries Matthias, and two pages later, she's like, has a crush on some girl who, after burying the love of her life. No, could never be me. That's not it. But it's just the way she's not herself. If we look at her in Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom, this is not that Nina. And it's a different character. And I think we have to reconcile that. Mm -hmm. And it breaks my heart because, again, y'all know how I love Matthias and how I feel about Nina and Matthias. And I do think that she heard his voice, that it wasn't hallucinations. Mm -hmm. And I do think that he was with her. And I do think Trassel is with her. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of brushed over. Mm -hmm. She doesn't elaborate. She doesn't delve into those feelings. And again, if she just talked to someone, she would be okay. And she would go back to the Nina we know. But she is okay. She she can, has the option to go back to Ravka and put her face back. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I'm going to stay in Fierda and save these women. And it's like, okay, okay, well, I'm going over time. <laughs> it's like, okay, great. You can stay in Fierda and save these women. But you can also go back to Ravka, be yourself for a little bit, get more assistance, mm-hmm. get more manpower, and come back and do the same thing. Yes. I don't know. No, I agree. I agree. I think it's like, you know, people do fundamentally change after mm-hmm. grief. Mm-hmm. And I get that that's probably what Lee Bardugo is trying to portray. But it's just a different, it's just different. And I get, like, I'm sure that, like, in the grand, like, scheme for these books that Lee Bardugo had, like, a plan for, like, how things end with Fierda and everything else. Um, and that that's how Nina factored into it. But it's disappointing. Yeah. Next question. It's Queer Eye time. Just who, keeps getting better. Who? Oh, yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> um, not quite. That was close. That was really close. Who would you pair with who? So I wrote it out a little bit. Um, yeah. And I think that our pairings are pretty much the yeah. same. Um, I think 
And there's lots of characters in this book, so we're going to double dip a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nina needs Karamo. I think she- that, like, sometimes on Queer Eye, they get, like, gentle, kind Karamo. No. I think Karamo would be, like, the, like, I'm going <laughs> to sit this you is, down with the man who the shot man who you. the man who murdered yes. Matthias. <laughs> Work it out. Rule of Wolf spoiler question mark. Um, no, I think he, I think that, like, tough love Karamo would come yeah. out and be, like, Miss Ma'am, who do you think you are? Yeah. Like, this is what not are you doing? who you are. And, like, break her down. This is not so. who you are. <laughs> I have crossed the horizon to find you. That's, I, I cry every time. <laughs> Dude, I cry. Um, I can't watch that movie yeah. anymore. No. Kar- it's so good. Karamo and yes. Nina need to be paired together. He would give her the tough love that she needs. Yes. He would break her down so he could help her rebuild in a healthy because way. Because she didn't have a chance to break she's down. She's not being healthy in the way she's approaching no, her grief. No, she did not have a chance to break down. She didn't have a chance to no. grieve. She's actively trying to lose herself in work. Yes. Until that becomes the real self. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Work-life I balance. I, needed, I did a classic Jordy move. What? I thought I needed another drink because I wasn't feeling tipsy enough. And so I made <laughs> another drink and now I'm a little bit loosey-goosey. If you don't want to finish it, I will. I might throw up. No. Hopefully, <laughs> Hopefully not. If um, you aren't at work tomorrow, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be at work tomorrow no matter what. Okay. I just might have my do not disturb on my little wheel on my cubicle. <laughs> I will disturb. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the title of the episode. Is, I will disturb. Um, Isaac could also benefit from a gentle conversation with Karamo. Yeah. I think Isaac could also benefit from a conversation with JVN. I agree. About like posture. Yeah. And like carrying yourself. Inhabiting your own body. Because Isaac says that he's not confident. He's not Nikolai. And it's like, honey Babes, be Isaac. You're yeah, be Isaac. Be you. Like you do you and you own that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I also paired JVM with Zoya. Oh, 100%. Zoya, she needs some some TLC. Okay, and this is because, this is total extrapolation. I feel like the only, because Zoya's a white passing mm-hmm. Suli woman. Yes. Um, she's half. Her dad was Suli. And I think that he could help her embrace her natural hair texture. <gasps> yeah, That's what I'm feeling. Do we ever yes. get any kind of subtext in the book that she straightened her, straightens her hair? No. no. Do I still want to see that interaction with JVM? Yes. yes. I think JBN could have a beautiful conversation with her about, like, her, yes, her embracing own... embracing her cultural identity. Yes. That, but also, like, she knows she's beautiful. Yeah. That's she knows that. question. But I think JBN could get her to see that she's beautiful on the inside as well. Yes. Oh Not gosh, just, yes. like, external beauty, but that it matches the inside. Mm-hmm. And I think... Like, she could also use a combo with Karamo, but I think JVN would get her there because he would be like, why are you feeling this? It would be in, like, the gentle act of washing her hair. Yeah, he'd be like, Like, why are there two stars on this, um, on the flag of the ship? And she'd be like, what? Mm -hmm. And um, they would be like, what does this mean? And she would say, oh, actually, because who doesn't trust JVN? Right. Like, you're crazy if you don't. I would love to meet them. Oh, my gosh. I know. Like, I feel like also, because I think that she might, like, put a barrier up with Karamo on a one-on-one. Yes. But if there was something going on Uh while the conversation was going on, like, with JVN fixing her hair. Yeah. Then I think that, like, they could really get through to her. Yeah. I think her walls would be down with them. I love it. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, Tan needs to... (laughs) I'm so sorry. You're going to have to bleep this. Tan needs to... 
All right, y'all. Um, we experienced a technical issue where the second half of our Drunken Disorderly, which we know has been long awaited for King of Scars, got deleted. But because we here at Two Mourners, One Book Club like to it's look on the... two of us. Yeah, just, it's fine. But because that's we... You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's we. We, uh, we like to look on the positive side and find the silver linings. We took this as yet another opportunity to imbibe and bring you the answers to our questions, which we have truthfully forgotten at this point because it's been such a long time. And so. also imbibe we did. Oh, we are imbibbed. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we pretty satisfactorily answered the Queer Eye question. So next question on our docket Wait, is... do we wait just real quick? on time out Ooh. also just Ooh, like I'm apologies because this was like supposed yeah. to go out in december before and then we had the issues. holiday season and that was like a break and then we had issues and then we were both home for a long time and then i took the lsat and then i like panicked and then jordy and i like went to go see jvn this past it was weekend, incredible which with was my mom. so fun yes slay christy slay jvn slay, slay us slay it was Girardi so good yes slay jerry um he walked us to and from the show just it's like giving parks a and hey she drove me here <laughs> it's just like an overall it was slay. just incredible it but was because of all that has been happening that is why this is just like extra extra delayed so mm-hmm. we appreciate the grace and um, patience jordy also is starting a new job <gasps> yes um, oh my gosh that's crazy we haven't recorded since you like got the offer literally it's so, amazing um so we've just been navigating a lot of life change in Y'all, 2024 Jordy and M are not going to be in the same building anymore. I know. I'm really sad about it. I was telling someone today, I was like, I feel like I'm fully going to park at the parking garage at our building right now. Yeah. On Monday morning. And then Props. be like, wait, Here's I need thing. to be downtown. I like have gotten really emotional about it. I'm very emotional. And Jordy has not seen that I've gotten emotional because I always do it when I'm home and like <laughs> thinking about it and I get really, really sad. But like I'm also so this is happy. Literally the no, first time here. It is. No, 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 no. Like I'm I'm just sad that like we won't be together at work every day. But like I'm so happy and so proud of this new opportunity and job for you. And I was like, oh my gosh. But then I remember that Jordy and I are in communication through at least four different A forms. minimum of four platforms. <laughs> every single day. Every second of every day. And I was just saying I will have time to do like to join in on some of the extracurriculars that M does. Yes. Um afterwards work that I have not previously had time for which is really yeah. exciting. Fun fact, I host music bingo, co-host music bingo at yeah. a local brewery. Bre- that's a hard that's a hard word. <laughs> that's a hard word for me a local just beer a, place. A local beer place. They got real good beer they there. They have real good beer. And they I'm do. Not too they big got of a beer they got a black cherry seltzer right now that <gasps> is just like divine. Mm, I didn't yeah, know that. Y'all gotta go. I didn't know all that. Yeah, it's real good. So, Jordy will be able to come yes, with their with uh, a lot more frequency. Yes, with my husband. With your husband and your baby and by my baby, baby I mean doggy, Domino, that I love. I love him too. He's an angel. He is. So anyway, so it's it's a good thing, but that's why you're getting this weird mid episode um, update and yeah. this weird late upload. Hopefully, yeah. the episode itself is not mid. Hopefully, y'all aren't like I don't listening. Think it will be. Yeah, I don't think so. But hopefully, y'all are, aren't like listening. Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> we had to give you another intro. We are imbibbed. We. <laughs> <laughs> We are libations right now. Libations have been had. 
Oh, I was like, what movie that has the word libations in it? Like, because, like, the first time I heard that, it was a Cinderella story when she's at the, like, homecoming dance, and she's, like, looking for no man, nomad, whatever, Princeton guy, whatever. I don't know. (laughs) And then um, she's, like, waiting in the middle of the dance floor, not dancing, in this, like, wedding dress. And then the guy who plays um, What's-His-Face in Big Bang Theory comes up, and Mm. she's like, are you nomad? And he's like yeah sure he's like (laughs) libations for the lady and she's like please um and then chad michael murray's character comes up and she's like oh my gosh you're actually no bad thank goodness because this guy was a nerd um nothing wrong with nerds jordy and i both self-identify as nerds we love a nerd and um then he comes back and he's like damn (laughs) <laughs> Chad Michael Murray's character has bested me yet again. Yeah. Like, obviously. <laughs> yet again. <laughs> obviously. Pouring in on my business, my libations business. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> Salut. That's what Message. I thought of. Well. Anyway. <laughs> Next question. So, now that we've gotten that, that mid-episode recap, um, this is a Frick, Mary Kill. Slay. You're all, and I actually have what we chose here. I'll be interested oh, to I see know. if you chose <laughs> the same thing. Um, so, Frick, Mary, Kill. Your options are Yuri with the Darkwing's face. <laughs> okay. Our main man, Greg, Grigory. Or Elizaveta. Okay, well, obviously Kill Elizaveta. Obviously, obviously. I put Kill Elizabeth, and on yours, you put Kill Eliza. <laughs> Eliza! <laughs> best of wives and best of women. I established the first private orphanage in New York City. She tells her story. Eliza. I helped raise hundreds. Actually, that's Alina. <laughs> that is Alina. She does establish the first orphanage in Karams, and that doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so obviously. So we obviously are killing Elizabetta. She's gone. Get wrecked. Um, okay. Darkling with Yuri's face or Greg? Mm hmm. Okay, I th- and remember one of them's like a one night stand, and one's like the rest of your life. Okay, well here's the thing, I could not stand looking at Yuri for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. um, so I would also because it's the Darkling, like, at yes. him, um, yeah, because like while he's in a different like person, uh-huh. different entity, he still knows what he's doing after a few hundred years. God, I hope so. Unless he doesn't, then all like, he's doing in the afterlife is just yanking it. That's just like a separate issue. <laughs> um, so, kill Elizabetta. Obvious. F the Darkling in Yuri's body. Yes. But like, keep your eyes. Is that closed. a threesome? <laughs> I don't think so because like Yuri's consciousness isn't he's there. In, like he's like in the sunken place, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Well, our friend um, Katie sent us some memes. And yes, remember that Katie, is the Slay memes were Slay so Katie. good. We loved the memes. Okay, Thank she, you so much. She sent us one that was like Yuri and the Darkling, and it was from um, a very Potter musical, and that is literally right. what I thought no, of. Literally. So that's why I'm like, is it a threesome? It's not. Because okay. like that's is what it, I is it voyeuristic of Yuri then? Or do what you does think, that mean? Like he's like a <laughs> I'm so he's like dizzy. observing the sex act, but he's not <laughs> taking part. I don't think so. I think he would just be like scandalized. He's like in a little corner of his mind, like reading a religious text. Yeah. And meanwhile, basically. it's like, 
Like, he's just, like, hidden. Like, I think at the point when this would happen, mm-hmm. the Darkling has just, like, taken over That's Yuri. Fair. That's And fair. so it's, like, at his strongest where it's just the Darkling and he looks kind of grody like Yuri. See... That's and why, then Mary Greg. Obviously. That's why my yeah. answer is also Frick Yuri. Yeah. Because the thing about me is that I love the Darkling. Another thing about me is that I love gangly, lanky men. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> you sound like Cruella. Which, <laughs> which she's like, Roger, you idiot. You imbecile. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I do. And so, like, the Yuri is, like, the Yuri. Dark, the, like, Yuri has the dark wings face, but he's, like, a little taller, a little lankier. I'm about it. I'm about it. Fair enough. Not for my life, but... For one night. For a night in the Ravkin countryside. And, then, of course, you gotta marry Greg. Yeah. Greg is, the like, the OG, literally. The, the original yeah. Greg. Yeah, like, he's... He's a slave. He is. Uh, he's incredible. He, like, even though he has, like, all these things, he just, like, wants to help others. He wants yes. them to feel comfortable. Well, like, and I see, like, you know, Greg and I could vibe because it's, like, my outward presentation, also changeable, Greg. Yeah. We can just vibe together. Yeah. And maybe, maybe read like, books together. maybe after enough time, he'd, like, feel comfortable and, like, And, like, settle. You know. Yeah. And, like, and the little bear with wheels would be my son. We love a little bear. I love that little bear on wheels. Love a little bear. Call him, call him Cobo on wheels. I love him. Okay, one of our friends is from North Carolina. And oh, yeah. when um, they were home for Christmas, he said that his dad was like, oh, we have some bears out here that we can hunt. And we or were like, I'm sorry, eat. what? Well, because in that area, like bears. Very normal. Bears are like. Um, not a nuisance, but like, What's the word? They're like almost an invasive species. Yes. Like there's a lot of them. And I'm like. Too many. I was like, hey catch one i want it <laughs> he didn't but like you know on, me and, y'all know me and bears yes true um that actually makes me think this is a good little dovetail tie-in uh, my husband and i watched all of the chronicles of narnia films oh. this weekend and we saw an absolutely to my eyes an absolutely fetal ben barnes as prince yes. caspian and prince caspian and in voyage of the dawn Treader, which is my favorite book for like 10 years and i looked up i said mm, he looked good how old was he in this movies? He was my age, our That's age, crazy. which is twenty seven. Yeah, he looks seventeen. Also, I had a birthday over our break, so yes. I'm a Capricorn. Happy, happy and birthday, I'm Thank you. This is the one of the few times of the year where Em and I are the same age. Yes, it'll be this way for until April. But um, you're acting like it's like the end of the it's world. Really it's really like not, not that much. It's time not a at huge all. deal. <laughs> but 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 um, I looked it up, and Ben March was twenty seven when he made these movies, and I was like, my husband's twenty eight. And I turned to him and I said, oh, I have never considered that you look this good at 28 and Ben Barnes that looked that good at 27 and he looks this good now at 42. And I basically said, I cannot wait to be middle aged with you. You're going to be so hot. And my husband was like, so you're saying that you think Ben Barnes looks good? Okay, and I was like, that's established. He's your whole past two, sir. Yeah, like, that's an obvious, like, get it together, Jordan's husband. (laughs) Please, sir. Come on. Please. We we know. Mr. Jordy, if you will. (laughs) 
We know what Jordy <laughs> meant. Like, come on. I'm like. Also, I'm well, kind of bummed because I have Narnia trauma from elementary school, so I've never seen Prince Caspian. You should watch Prince Caspian. I don't think you need the books to enjoy it. At okay, all. but well, you know me. I like to read before. I know you do, but, but I, I have like know you have deep seated yeah, Narnia trauma that comes from an elementary school teacher who like ruined my life, but. which is terrible. Yeah, you the, literally had a migraine today. I did, and that. And it started teacher. because of her. It started with her, yeah. which hurts me because the Chronicles of Narnia are some of my favorite books ever. I've I know. read each and every one of them at least five times. It's like such a bummer. Maybe I'll like, maybe I'll read it maybe now. Maybe that'll be a healing journey for yeah, you. Yeah, it could. But maybe it, it would be traumatic as well. So you do whatever yeah. you feel is best for you. I'll try. We'll try. I think you can watch the movie. For movies. Ben Barnes, <laughs> I'll try. Okay, Ben Barnes, Prince Caspian, he's doing an accent that's not advised. What is, accent is he doing? He's going for like an Inigo Montoya, I mean, like no. Princess Bride. Mijo. It's real bad. Mijito. It's really, really bad. They let him have his normal accent in Voyage of the Dawn Treader. And truthfully, the way that Narnia books and movies work, you can do any of them in any order and it's really not going to matter. Okay. Cool, so cool. watch Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Cool, cool. He jumps in the water and when he comes out, his shirt is wet. Okay. I think that's all you need to know. That's literally all I and need to know. And they let him have facial hair. So. Slab. So, so we had we had the same answer as we did the first time okay. we did this. Like, <laughs> you twisted my eye. Uh, okay, I'll watch it, I guess. Uh. <laughs> so I know it's been a minute since we've read King of Scars, but going back into your mind palace, what about this? <laughs> my mind palace. <laughs> <laughs> so I say that because I struggled to plug in my Mac. Did you ever watch BBC Sherlock? No. Yes. 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 With, um... With ben- Benedict Cumberbitch. Yeah. Yeah. Penguin. Penguin. <laughs> Kingwing. Ping. A group of penglings. <laughs> with, yeah. do- with Dr. Stephen Strange. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think about that series every time I plug anything in, ever. Because in the first episode, he's like talking to. I don't know, man. Who's Sherlock's little homie? Watson. Watson. Um. About how he can tell that he's a former alcoholic because there's scratch marks all over the charging port of his phone because he comes home drunk and he can't put the thing okay, into well, his I'm phone. Well, I'm blind, so. so right, and he's like, "Ah oh, ha ha, Sherlock, I've got you. This is my phone that I borrowed from my alcoholic sister." So it wasn't me, but you were correct. I never get anything in the whole exact. <laughs> I wish this was a visual medium. I just, <laughs> I just quirked my eyebrows. I never get anything in the whole exactly right the first time, and every single time i do it i think wow sherlock would think i'm an alcoholic and i'd be tipsy right now yeah i'm like on this episode it's not the best time no not up, the, that's why i missed it but um what about this and but he says i'm going to my mind palace which is where we got there in the first mm-hmm. place um what about this book king of scars specifically would you like to ask our benevolent ruler lee barduga okay so I think we mentioned this, but I would love to know what Zoya tells Mal oh, yeah. about the scars yeah, yeah, on her I back. I had a homework assignment. I forgot to think of things. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get them off. The so cuff. remember when Zoya asks Nikolai or tells Nikolai the scars on her back are for like from, from the, the tiger, tiger, and you're like, wow, that. You're like, wow, that's crazy. But she she told she also told Nikolai that every time she's taken a lover, that she has told him a different story. So that means she told Mal a story. And we were like, wait, she and Mal were lovers. Briefly. Yeah, I like need to know what Zoya told Mal the scars were from. I think that she probably because Mal is very much like a man's man. Yeah, I think she probably told him like, oh yeah. I was making such ferocious love to this guy that he scarred my back with his fingernails. That's like a red flag, though. Like, she would not let that happen. No, she wouldn't. But I think she'd tell that to Mal just to be dumb. I think she would just tell to take him. Because he'd be like, that's hot. He's an idiot. He is an um, idiot. This is book Mal supremacy. Yeah. 
Or sorry, no, show, so, yeah, show Mal's Book Mal can get wrecked. Book Mal, book, book Mal comes back around, but very yeah, at the book very Mal end. needs to have his frontal lobe fully developed. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. it's so hard to remember in my big big age that these characters are <laughs> like so old, <laughs> eighteen to twenty two. Yeah. Yeah, no, Mal, Mal is going to, like, start his job as an accountant in Karamzin and be like, dang, I really messed up. He's going to be like, oh, my gosh, Zoya lied to me. And they're like, yes. Like, yes. Um, yeah, I would love to know that. Um, that's, like, my big, that's, like, my main question. I would have loved, like, a little, like, short story of, like. The yeah. different things that Zoya has told lovers in the Ms. past. Miss Bardugo, can we get that, please? But because it could be so sweet, because it could be like vignettes of like her with different lovers telling yeah. them different things, and at the end, it's Nikolai. Nikolai. Oh! we need it. Oh my we need gosh, Miss me... Bardugo, should we Ms. DM Bardugo. her right now? No, <laughs> that's not why I'm reaching for my phone. Um, I think we should. <laughs> no, excuse me, Miss Mrs. Bardugo. We have a crazy important question. No, I pulled up my phone um, because we got some fan mail <gasps> yes! over the break as well. Um, we love and fan we mail. loved it, and we loved your edit, and it was so good. Yeah, uh, but that makes me think that this our listener and I. The email I'm not going to share your email, <laughs> um, but there's two different names on the email and then on the Google name, so I don't want to get it wrong, but. This listener is from the UK. You know who you Yay. are. You sent us an incredible Zoya and Nikolai edit. Yes. And I feel like you would love this collection of short stories of Zoya telling yes. different lovers different lies. And at the end, it's her and Nikolai. And she's telling him the truth. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I know we got so very little to work with film-wise for that. So we're excited to cover okay. that in Rule of Fools. Um, there were some billboards that went up like in the UK and in the US today. I think, or yesterday, I could be wrong, like, checking Insta, mm-hmm. um, that were, like, Six of Crows um, and Shadow and Bone, like, to save it, because Netflix has made a mistake. And also, Literally. Shadow and Bone got the um, Rotten Tomatoes, like, like show golden, of the year. Yeah. yeah. Golden Tomato. Gold, it's a golden tomato, isn't it? A golden like, tomato. Like, got, Bob's got nothing on us. Bob the Tomato. I was literally thinking about VeggieTales earlier. Really? Yes. Like, I'm not surprised. I was like packing my bag to come over here and I was like, uh, what is it? Is it Barbara the Manatee? Yes, Barbara like, Manatee. Barbara you are the one for manatee, me. Manatee, Manatee. You, you are the one for me, one for me. Sent from up above, Manatee from heaven. You are the so good. So good. All of that to say, Netflix, you messed up. Yeah. Reconsider your actions. Anyway, how do we get up the details? 2024 is a year for growth and reflection. Yes. And if you're going to make a video game based on Shadow and Bone in which you generate profit, you should also listen to your fans and make another season, which will like, also literally, generate profit. Literally, even if it's one more season, I don't... like it, Truly, even if it's two movies... I will take it. I'll take it. take it. Also, remind me to show you something on Insta. I was dying laughing earlier. I will remind you to do that. But I think you know what it is. If I was probably. dying laughing, yeah. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> anyway. Next um, question. You would ask about the, the scars? Yes. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you didn't answer. No, you're so <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're so good. My answer is kind of like a serious answer. So it's oh, like, whoops. So I would ask Miss Bardugo, who I have the utmost respect for and reverence for, especially as someone writing their own fantasy book, um, which I worked on a little today. Ooh. Um, I was like, mm. uh, 
I would ask, in thinking about Hana's character, and oh, I'm not. I'm so sorry to interrupt. I completely forgot about Hana and Nina because she exactly. died with Matthias. So exactly, she's dead so, to me. In thinking about not really so Hana, sorry, and I know that King of Scars, like the Nikolai and Zoya duology, which mm-hmm. is what it is. Let's be yes. real here, folks. Um, was written after Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom. Correct. And I know that like a common piece of feedback that Miss Bardugo received from Alina's trilogy was the lack of diversity. And we see that she increases in that in every definition of the word in leaps and bounds in Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom. Which is Kingdom, a slay. Which we love to see, honestly. Um, that is awesome. And so in thinking about how she has continued to diversify the Grisha first in Nikolai's duology, I would want to ask her, with in regards to Hana's character, what her plan was for Hana, um, why she chose her to be Nina's love interest when I didn't feel that was super necessary. The no, no, main... no, 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 not super necessary, not necessary at all. It wasn't. Um, the main question I have is: Did she talk to any trans or gender diverse people when writing Hana's character? Because in Rule of Wolves, it's a minor spoiler, it does not seem like she did. And I think that she did it with the best intentions. I don't think it was like to get, I mean, there's not a very coveted trans vote in things, let's just be honest. Yeah. We take what we get and don't throw a fit. Um, I don't think it was done maliciously. I don't think it was done to try and get more traction in the series. And I have not read... Um, Ninth House or Hellbent. Ninth House I own, and I'm going to read it soon. I have both of them. But I have the first one, but I haven't read it yet. Now that um, I'm done with my LSAT, I yeah. am going to read for enjoyment. See, for I'm finishing time. a duology about, like, two gender-fluid witches, which is really... <laughs> Slay! Right? And it's also, like, in, like, a mob fiction. Like, in, like, ancient, like, fantasy Italy. It's v- I'm going to borrow these when you're done. It's very good. I got them Slay. on Kindle. Very, very good. And I read the first one, and I was like, oh, man, I hope there's a sequel. And there was, and I'm Love. reading it right now. But I'm probably going to read Ninth House after I finish those books. All of that to say, I don't think it was done maliciously. I don't think it was done to pander to any audiences, because in, I'm never going to define branching out on inclusivity pandering, because it's important. However, I, it feels like it was done a little clumsily. Especially in thinking about like killing Matthias and what that served for the narrative. Why would you this... bring that up? No, but th- <laughs> this is why. And I think I said this in the thing that got deleted is that Rip. it would have been so meaningful for Matthias to be alive and introduced, still introduce Hana as a tra- trans character. I literally wrote this in my margins of um, what is this book? Jesus King of Scars. I was like King of Wolves. Um, I think it like yeah, I wrote Matthias this is the King of Wolves and he's dead. That's a fact. No, but that's what I was going to say is that I wrote this in my the margins of my copy of King of Scars is that if Matthias has had lived, he could have shown Hannah, who spoiler is heavily implied but never confirmed mm-hmm. to be a trans man. Um, he could have showed Hannah what wholesome masculinity looks like, the true meaning of brotherhood, he could have taught Hana how to be a good man, Mm -hmm. which is not something that his father ever could have done. Yeah. That Brum ever could have done. Yeah. At this point, her father. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I I actually heard this lovely, I think I sent you this TikTok that was really funny, of the stand-up comedian saying that he, like, found out because one of his ex-partners came out as a trans man. (laughs) And he was like, I was like, 
gay He's by gay. default for 20 months in 2020 yeah. to 2021. He's like, should um, I be at the front of the parade? Or- <laughs> like, I don't know how much pride I'm entitled to. But he said I was in a gay relationship no, by default. He said something truly impactful was that he has learned that transness is more an outward matching of what someone has always felt internally. And so by definition was in a gay relationship <laughs> without realizing it. And I think that's kind of the thing with Hana. Like Hana's still using like, and will always yeah. use she, her pronouns in these books, but it's very clear that Hana is going through a Something. lot. Hana got a pixie cut and went, uh Oh, but also <laughs> I think maybe her relationship with Nina allowed her to explore that more because she was just, he right now i'm just gonna use she her pronouns she pushed that down and like didn't really acknowledge it until nina was there being her quote true self but hannah not knowing that that it was her true self yeah and i think hannah just didn't even know that living that authentically which is hilarious because nina literally has a face that is not her own the irony there is well crafted um she didn't even know that living authentically was an option yeah but if she had been able to have a conversation with Matthias, then I'm I, saying, I think they could have been bonded like brothers because Brum was like a father figure to Matthias. Like there was a lot there. And so, I, again, I don't what think. What was the reason? What was the reason? Um, I don't think it was done with malicious intent at all. And I applaud Lee for even attempting, attempting yeah. to include this type of diversity in her books because authors often do get um, flamed for it. That was a really good gift so from my, from my uh, brother-in-law. So I love fun. him. Um, it, was gift, it was playing cards branded with our college. But, um, like, I applaud her for even trying because even when I looked up this book on Amazon, one of the top reviews is trans verse, and it's, like, flaming the book. And it's like, that, that's dumb. Don't do also, that. Also, if you're going to review that, grow up. No, literally, literally. So it's like, it's I, 2024. I understand like, that she was taking a risk with including a character like Hana, and I appreciate that, and I think it's important that more mm-hmm. authors try to do that. I just think, personally, it was done a little clumsily. I would love to, because I know she's coming out with more books. Yes. Like, not in the Grishaverse, just, unfortunately, just, just in, writing, in other books. You know. And I am very anxious to see what representation she has there and how that's written compared to these because again these are like her these are early books these are her like it's i mean six books six seven seven books is no small feat and i know like even in looking and they are fabulous and they're incredible and i know even in looking through like my older versions of like like books that i let the record state i've never finished writing a book but even looking at books Yet. that I've been, like, working on since, Yet. like, middle school, I look back at them and I'm like, mm, everybody's white, everybody's straight, everybody's cis. Yeah, and, like, it, it takes a lot of, like, self-reflection to adjust your narrative to Y'all, be reflective of the real world. Side note, Jordy helped me edit my personal statement, and I read it back, and I almost <laughs> cried, and, like, I... And it's like, your put, story. Yeah, but I was like, damn, this is really good, you should write a book, and Jordy was like... I'm in the process, and I'm I was like, well, you better it. finish it, because, like... It's one of my goals for this year. Yeah. I actually, I made a bingo sheet instead of a resolution, so oh, that fun. there's no moral oh, yeah. indictment or reward for doing or not doing things on my resolutions. Oh, yeah. I like it. Like, um, but that's why I, I would just ask her if she talked to any trans people before she wrote Hannah's character. Interesting. But that's not a dig at all. Like I yeah. said, it's super important that authors even attempt to do this, mm-hmm. and especially a high-profile author in... YA fantasy, which is proving to be, like, one of the most influential genres mm-hmm. ever in our modern age. 
I think it's super important and I think it's great that she took a stab at it. I would just like to know what research went into it mm-hmm. and if she talked to somebody who had experienced gender dysphoria before um, when writing that. It's also we never get any Hana point of view chapters, which is good. I mean, I understand why she did it because, like, to my knowledge, Lee Bardugo is not a gender diverse person. And so I get why we wouldn't get a POV chapter of Hana because that might feel disingenuous. Also, I think if but... we had gotten a chapter from Hana, I would have not finished the book. <laughs> That's a fair fact. That's <laughs> a fair. straight fair fact right there. Um, so I get, I get like some of those narrative reasons. Um, I don't know. I just felt a little clumsy to me. So that's what I'd ask about. Before With love and peace in my heart. Next question. Sorry, because of the we were in bibid. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm always gonna say now when in I'm bibid. drunk or tipsy. I'm like, I can't be held responsible. I'm in bibid. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a DWI driving while intoxicated. No, no, no. Driving while embibbed. I'm sorry, officer. I just a little embibbed. I'm embibbed. Which we would never. We would never. Ever. We do not no, condone no. crimes. Absolutely not. We don't condone crimes, but we especially do not condone DWIs. And if no. you are not 21 or over, you should not be imbibing with us. Exactly. Maybe have like a Think, coffee or a tea. Yes, or a boba. Or a Diet Coke. Yes. Y'all know I am the Diet Coke girly. Yes. Have one of those. Don't imbibe it. Caffeine is a substance. It's the night's companion. Yeah. Um, okay, here's the thing. I thought about it because y'all, yeah. y'all know how I love Survivor. If not, I Always. love Survivor. I've watched every season. I would either be, like, one of the first people voted off or make it to the end. And if I made it to the end, obviously I would win because I'm very strategic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's no lie there. Here's the thing. I, like, we were talking about it earlier. Am I a little bit of a gossip? Yes. But I said it's not. You're not gossiping. You're disseminating, disseminating information to your yeah. community. I'm not. I'm not sharing information with a malicious intent. It's and just information that I have learned that I think other people should also it's know. Also, because not it's hurting anybody. Because it's important and it's privy information that they like yes. genuinely should know. We had a whole talk about it where I compared it to the anthropological concept of primates grooming yes. each other because it's true. If y'all did not know, yeah. that's what my undergrad is in. So I say that like I have a master's degree. I don't. You. I'm not, just. You a, could. I'm a little bit snobby. <laughs> Jordy's really smart. Has an anthropology degree. Anyway, we're Survivor. What was really I talking smart. about with Survivor? You have you're very strategic. You would yeah, win for that. You're talking about how you disseminate oh, information. Caffeine. So I was caffeine. like, I really want to audition for Survivor. I'm like, it's a really great opportunity to like lose some weight, like get a tan, <laughs> no, maybe win some money. Um, but also like you have water oh and then like whatever food you either win or just like forage. <laughs> You lost me at forage. Here's the thing. Okay. I need caffeine to function. Mm -hmm. I need a coffee and a Diet Coke a day. Um, And if I don't, then that's not good. But also I get really hangry. Mm -hmm. So maybe I wouldn't do good on Survivor. (laughs) I don't know. I have low blood sugar sometimes. So I think I'd just pass out. Well, one girl passed out during a challenge. She graduated from university. What? Oh, blood sugar, yeah, and it was like she was like on a race platform, and she's like, "I can't see, I'm gonna pass you out." Raise me <laughs> and then, well, she so was on I the ground. Fall on the ground. Yeah, and so she was like balancing. She's like, "I can't see. I think I'm gonna pass out." And there's like a gajillion cameras, and no of one course. did anything. And then of she just no, went, my head hit the floor. Well, pow. 
And it did. And she was fine. <laughs> and it, it did. did. She was fine. You no, know, I almost passed out answering emails today. I felt myself listing to the starboard side. I was like, job. We corrected. I feel that. Anyway, I next question. Snackies or I'll fall apart. Snacks. 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 Um, what do you think about Nikolai not being able to rid himself of the demon? Hot. I think a 10 <laughs> just went to an 11. <laughs> I thought you were, I thought the question was, I don't remember the question, y'all. I thought the question was just going to be like, what do you think of Nikolai? And I was like, I think we all Hot. know what I think of Nikolai. Next question. <laughs> um, no, you said, so you remember how I said earlier that I love a lanky man? I also love a tortured man. And uh, we my, love a damaged man. If you're my husband and you're listening to this, I'm really proud of you and I love you very much. You're you, doing great, bud. You do fit the brief. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. He really does. So um, I love a man who's a little damaged, who's a little feral, who's got a little inner darkness. And I love that Nikolai but was But who's also a feminist. Yes. Yes. If y'all know any men like that, please. When we're saying darkness, we're not saying, like, they're bad. No. We're saying, like, they're going to punch somebody for looking at us the wrong way. Yeah, if y'all know any men like that between the ages of, like, 26 and, like, 32, (laughs) send us a DM because while Jordy is happily married, I am single and need some help. My husband Um, and I will have been together for nine years in April. Wait, that's crazy. Yeah, it's almost 10. We'll be married for four (gasps) in March. Can you believe that? You were there. Yeah, that was four years ago. That's going to be four years ago here in just a couple months. Wild. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) We love a damaged man. Yeah, what do I think of Nikolai still having the demon? I think it's going to be a really interesting and complex storyline in Rule of Wolves. And this is like... I read Rule of Wolves quite a while like, ago. We, we remember it, but it... Yeah. The last time I read Rule of Wolves was the only time I've read Rule of Wolves. Mm-hmm. And I was recovering from a full thigh tattoo. Oh, yeah. And that was almost a year and a half ago now. So mm-hmm. I've lost some schema on it, as mm-hmm. a high school English teacher would say. I, I think it's going to be really interesting because I think if he had gotten rid of the demon, then this next book, not that he wouldn't have had substance because he... Absolutely does. Yeah, he's Nikolai and he does. But I think him wrestling with the darkness that is still in him is a really big part of who he is and who he has become because it was stagnant for so long. And he knew that it was, but he could still, like, feel it there. Yeah. And so I think having a, like, final break of mm-hmm. this darkness potentially is going to be really big for his character and he's mm-hmm. not going to know what to do. Yeah. And also I think he has become not comfortable but complacent, not yeah. complacent. Mm-hmm. Not complacent. He's grown used to yeah, like he's, the darkness yes. and it's it's a part of him. Like he does acknowledge that it is a part of him. Yeah. And so I think when he loses that, yes, he's happy that he's not going to have that demon inside of him anymore, but it is a part of him that he, he has he to would, mourn. He would lose. Exactly. Yeah. He would mourn it. Like, he's, it's been part of him for so long that he's taken... What are you laughing about? I was going to say something, that but he's taken He's taken ownership of it. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so it's like... It's it's kind of a metaphor about having to love yourselves, yourself, all of y'all, love yourselves. No, it's kind of a metaphor about having to love yourself, and that includes the parts of yourself you don't like. Mm-hmm. You can't cherry pick when it comes to self-love. Hey, ma'am. We dig it. If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? Exactly. I think RuPaul said that. I think so. Yeah. That seems right. Slay. Slay. We love it. Um, 
In this book, Isaac and Mayu eat a lot of gelatin. Oh my gosh. What is your favorite? I did too. Jello or pudding or jello and pudding dessert? Here's the thing. I have two. (laughs) I totally forgot about this question, but it immediately came to mind. I was reading and I was like, oh yes. Okay. So my grandma, Grandma Carol. We love you, Carol. Slay Carol. She's going to turn 81 in two days. Let's go, Carol. Happy birthday, Carol. Carol. But it's been like a frozen tundra where she lives, so she hasn't been able to leave the house, which is a bummer. But I will call her on her birthday. I have a card. I need to send it. Anyway, um, (laughs) my grandma, Carol, um, makes a seven-layer jello pudding, and she would make it at Christmas, and it was like... Delicious. um, Like red jello but then she would add like condensed milk to it for the next oh. layer so it would be like opaque and also <sighs> green and there would Delightful. be seven layers of it and one of my cousins that was yeah, like his cool. favorite and so obviously she would make it every christmas because she would my grandparents used to make all the grandkids um favorite. favorites every christmas and there's seven That's of so us and cool. we each had a different favorite thing i love um so it was really fun so that one is like is nostalgic and comes to mind y'all have heard yeah, me yeah. talk about her champagne salad which technically is like jello Ugh. adjacent I would include that in a jello based yeah. dessert. It's jello based. There's a packet in there, right? Um, maybe. See, I want to look I into my remember. family's ancestry more because a lot of the desserts that we enjoy have very Midwest origins. Interesting. But to my knowledge, none of them after the like some of the original German immigrations to where mm. we live lived in the midwest interesting so i don't know how that happened i don't know but we share a lot of similarities but i'm that. gonna make champagne salad i'll bring oh. it next time we record because oh my it gosh, is don't play with me. it is like the easiest thing Yum. to make and it is so yummy it is my favorite thing and for some reason we always make it at christmas but it's like but a it's fruit anytime. thing like Yum. you can literally have it anytime but also like when i'm in if i need like a sweet treat and i want like a pudding mm-hmm. i love a like Rudy's barbecue has a there's like chocolate pudding with whipped cream and Oreos Ooh. on it. I don't know what it is about it. It's like the perfect ratio that, that they have. So good. It's so good. The Oreos just get like a little mm. bit soggy, not like I, soggy, no, but like, I like soft. A soft yes. Oreo moment. It's like when it's in a milkshake, like at the bottom. Yes. Know? Oh my gosh. So those are it's my like three. A truffle. Yeah. Yes. Yum. So Jello, Jello adjacent, and pudding favorite. I love it. I don't know what I said last time, but I don't I bet, know if it was. That. I know that you mentioned the seven, yes. the seven layer dessert mm-hmm. because my family also have has a dessert called seven layer, but it's totally different. Crazy! It's like chocolate pudding and <gasps> vanilla Ooh. pudding and cream cheese and Cool Whip and chocolate shavings and a pecan graham cracker crust at the bottom, and it's like technically seven layers of layering these different Brother, things. Brother, I'm gonna need you to make this. They're so good. My mom. Okay, next time we record, <laughs> we're gonna make. The, I need to get the recipe from my mom, but my uh, my nana made it for like all the big holidays and then my mom makes it now and it's so good i really enjoy it here's the thing um, i am a hoe for cream cheese i am a hoe same, for pecans i am same. a hoe for chocolate pudding it's so it's literally just layers like alternating layers of it. it's so good it's delightful but i think my favorite jello slash pudding dessert and it's one that i actually make okay it took some trial and error which is crazy because it's just pouring packets into things but hey that's i'm not a very good cook um it's watergate salad oh i adore it it's like cream cheese okay nixon (laughs) so i have a story (laughs) (laughs) it's you get like a baking dish and it's like cream cheese a packet of pistachio pudding yes which is so good um powdered sugar a can of crushed pineapple and you mix all of that together, and you let it sit in the baking dish. And then you mix together Cool Whip and a whole bag of mini marshmallows. Slay. And spread that on top and let it all set together. And it's just, a thing that you need to know about me is that I love marshmallows. 
I have been gifted gourmet marshmallows in my life because Ooh. people know how much I love marshmallows. I don't think I knew that about you. I adore marshmallows. Interesting. Good to um, know. Good to know. And so I made the Watergate salad for Easter one year, and I took a peep, <gasps> and I put the peep in the middle. <laughs> And I said, this is my Watergate salad, including Richard Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> and Richard Nixon was the peep. Um, so I love Watergate salad. I love Seven Layer. Um, my Nana would also, she wouldn't add the condensed milk, but my dad's parents would do that sometimes. I don't know why. Just sometimes when we were at her house, she would whip out the Bundt cake mold. Yeah, obviously. Just, you know, because why not? And make, like, layered jello. Of, like, different flavors. That's very, and like... And we'd have that at the end of the day, and it was so good. And it was good. shaped like a bunt. Yeah, that's very, like, representative of our grandparents' time. It was. She was, like... Because we would get there, like, over the summer. We would get there at, like, 10 a.m., and my mom would, like, get work done because she worked at home, and my dad would be at work. And so we'd get there, like, in the morning, and my mom would either be there with us or go home to work. And then my Nana would start it in the morning, and we'd, like, mm. play. We'd, we'd play games. We'd go outside, all that. And, like, by the end of the day, we could have a slice of, like, mm. this try-to-four-color jello, and it was just Love. delightful. So better, I think, than the, the gelatin deer that Isaac and Mayu had to eat. Yeah, like, to make a gelatin deer... There's TBH, that's, like, a lot of waste. That goes into that. There is a lot of waste. What do you... Like, someone had to make... A mold. Someone of a had deer. to kill a deer, mold it, <laughs> make jello in the mold. Probably doesn't taste how, very how well. It, how Think did it stay like, standing? I thought if it was like a laying down fawn. Yeah, maybe. that makes more sense. But I don't know. Strange. I don't know. Um, That's if, a lot. If you could show any character in this book one thing from the modern world, what would it be? <laughs> I remember yours. Who would it, I'm going to change it. Okay, Who good. would it be, and what would you show them? Okay. I I know I chose Nikolai. Mm-hmm. Um, I would show him. Oh my gosh! What did I say? Uh, the world will never know. I can't remember. It's lost, yeah, it's, it's lost, lost time. It's I feel in so the bad. Void. No, please don't feel bad. I do. Um, you really don't need to. Um, I think I would show Nikolai. Okay, so two things. Okay iPhone because mm. like that's like a huge thing mm-hmm. and in his little inventor mind he's like oh my gosh no he would love filters he would well he wouldn't need one he wouldn't but, but he'd love to play with them. but he'd be like oh YouTube TikTok oh you know what he I... would send all of his voice memos with the fox emoji face yes he would Ugh. um but he would like get on YouTube and be like oh watcher oh haunted yes I'm going to watch this. Well, let me I'm go. like, yes, it's a good episode. He would be on top five beatdown. Yeah, he'd be like, oh my gosh, it's a calculator. It's a it's a camera. It, it's like, everything. You can, you can code on here. Like, it's a lot. Yes, um, he would like that. But also maybe like a 40 movie. <laughs> because... <laughs> yeah, let's take Nikolai on California Soren. Yes, yes. <laughs> he, he would dig that so much. He'd be like, oh, oh my gosh. gosh, why does it smell like dirt? Why does it smell like, like oranges? oranges? That's the one oh. that always sticks with me is the oranges. I, ugh. It, it, that it's orange so smell good. is so and good. It's, it's, you, it's, it doesn't smell like artificial orange. It smells like no, orange oil. It smells, like it smells so good. As someone from South Texas where citrus is like a huge thing. Like and you it know is what citrus it smells season, like. Like that is, it smells like. But it also does. the dirt smells like, mm-hmm. it's like, smells like really it's, good. It's like, how did you like make it to where I can smell yeah. cold? Yeah. Like, so, so cool. Ca- like forget the, you know what? Rescind 40 movie. California Adventure, Soren, yes. or California, Soren California. yeah, Soren. You y'all know that you, you that ride it. from Disney. Yes, yes. So my original answer, <laughs> I remembered, 
and I'll just say it here for posterity, is I would show Zoya a vibrator so she yeah. wouldn't have to make up stories about her scars. I don't know. If, do we need to edit that so it's not like... I think it's okay. Well, show Zoya a vibe. That's, like, Rachel. fine. Okay. <laughs> I, really, I really think it's okay, truly. Um, but I'm changing my answer because I thought I'm on it some more. And the, my gangly boy Yuri is on my mind. I think I would show Yuri the Hillsong United documentary. (laughs) (laughs) To say, hey, buddy, I know you're really young. I know you're so smart. I know you want to make a difference in your community. But this ideology is taking advantage of you. And it's going to chew you up and spit you out. And they're the ones who are going to benefit at the end of the day Mm -hmm. and not you. There's always going to be another person just like you to step up and take your place. And you are unique. You are smart. You can be better than this. And we say this as people of faith. faith. Yes. Um, You said that documentary and I was like... I think I sent you the TikTok of the guy from January 6th yes. who, who, like, they had, like, a, a documentary made about people who were arrested on January 6th, which, coincidentally, is also my birthday, and that's the only birthday oh. my twin brother and I were not together. Y'all can never be a part again. Yeah, so my bad. Um, <laughs> that was, like, a really big day for a lot of reasons. Um, <laughs> some good, some bad. Um, so that was like crazy to also like be alone on my birthday because it was COVID and then like have that whole thing happen. Yeah, that was just a be tough like, time. Ah, um, <laughs> but they made a documentary about it, and this one guy is like, Yeah, I felt like really confident protecting my girlfriend because like I'm really good at parkour. I know parkour. <laughs> I like was crying, I, I was laughing so it. hard, and that's oh what I thought gosh. you were going to say. <laughs> no, no, because I think Yuri is like one of those like maybe he should watch both. Maybe yeah. He, I feel like he's one of those fringe society members yes. that cults target on. because they know that they're on the fringe of society, and if mm-hmm. they make them feel the sense of belonging, then they have them. Mm-hmm. And Yuri is an intelligent person, and like maybe showing him another perspective could help him avoid becoming a puppet for Uncle Alex. I agree. So what Tio was... Alejandro. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I, was, I don't know what I was expecting when it wasn't that. Um, what was your favorite part of this book? <laughs> I can't remember what I said. I know, I'm trying to remember. Um, okay, my favorite part... Oh, no, I think I do, I do remember what I said. Okay. My favorite part of this book was getting Zoya's background. Yes. Because uh... she has been... In all of the books, she's mentioned, the only character that is mentioned in yeah. all seven books. Yes, because in the first book, like she starts as Alina's. Well, she starts as Mal's like one night stand, and then Alina's adversary, and then mm-hmm. she's in um, in Shadow and Bone, Siege and Storm, and Rune, Rune yeah. and Rising. Yeah, and like yeah, and then she becomes an ally, and then in Six of Crows, she's mentioned in flash, flashbacks with Nina because mm-hmm. she was her. Like I want to say advisor, but like, like her her mentor. Her mentor. Um, I mean, she was her her squad captain. Yes, and then in Crooked Kingdom, um, Nikolai, Jenya, and Zoya go to Ketterdam yes. and like help with that plan. So Which she's there. Was delightful. Yes, and so she's in all these books, and she's just kind of an enigma. Yeah, like nobody knows her interior thoughts. Yes, and so to get the full, everyone just has this certain perception of her that mm-hmm. you know she's 
beautiful and we see that and on the outside deadly and she's kind of a bitch but like in a good way yes and that is all true yes but she has this depth and like we understand why she is the way she is be- because she's had to build up these walls to protect herself mm-hmm. and we can assume that in the first five books we're like okay because there's like mentionings of yeah. her aunt it's like okay yes, maybe. it's a lot of show not tell yes and then we get this full perspective of Oh my gosh, she had a tragic and difficult childhood. Mm-hmm. And then the person who saved her and helped her and who she loved the most in this world was taken by the person she loved second in this world. Exactly. Oh my gosh. And so right. getting that perspective of her, you understand her more and how she's holding on to that and how everything she holding on. <laughs> everything she has done has been because of of what yes. has happened to her. Yes. And it's not in a negative way. No. But because of what has happened to, her, happened to her, she has used that to propel her forward. Yes. And Eurus is like, you need to let go of that. She's like, this has been what's driving like, me. This is who I am. Now. I cannot let go of it. And so finding the balance of letting go, but also honoring the memory of what has happened to her without letting it consume her is a huge part of Mm -hmm. this book and a huge part of Zoya's journey. Yes. And I love that. And also the like getting to see her humanity with saving the tiger cubs. That uh, says a lot about her as a person because again, everyone thought that she was this hard shell of a person. Yeah. Who didn't care. And like she, it's like, Oh, she got the, the amplifier from the tigers because she was brutal. Mm -hmm. No, she got it because she had a heart and had, was trying to save them. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anyone who assumed like how she got the amplifiers assumed what happened actually happened. Yeah. And so just getting this full background because she's a really complex character. Really and in is. the first three books, we're like, oh my gosh, we like Lee Bardugo wrote her for us to be like, I don't like Zoya. Like she's so mean. Yeah. She's the mean girl that we all dealt with in high school. Yeah. And, oh my gosh. But then you, she starts to grow on you and you're like, okay. Yeah. And then getting this full perspective, you're like, oh my like, gosh. I understand. Now. Yeah. You understand you have empathy for her and you hope that she grows to have empathy for herself. Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yes. Well, I need to drink and talk more. I know. That was so good. <laughs> Thank um, you so much. It's always so good, but that Thank was you. especially really good. Um, I would agree. I think, well, I mean, even when I first picked up King of Scars, I read like all of these books within the span of like maybe a month and a half or two months. You were like flying I was like, them. how do you read? Like you're running out of <laughs> um, I got a tattoo and set my little bum leg up with an ice bath and did not get up until I finished yeah. Nikolai's duology, basically. But um, when I flipped the page and I saw that the title of the chapter was Zoya, I was like, huh? huh? Hoomst? Um, and she's grown well, we to be... Hoomst. <laughs> <laughs> and like she's grown to be one of my favorite characters. Like I think I've said multiple times that she reminds me of my sister mm. because she is like this like beautiful like outwardly very prickly person who is concealing like the biggest heart for others and yes getting to see that in these books is really special um i think my favorite part of king of scars in particular is when she makes the amplifier out of juris or juris um that scene is so good it's so emotional because here is yet another person that is being taken from her who saw her for everything that she is 
It's a good scene. It has some funny parts when he's like, make my scales into a crown. And she's like, you dramatic hoe. No. <laughs> she's like, literally, that it's permanent. That's you realize so that, right? impractical. <laughs> I am making a bracelet. Um, like, I just, like, that was funny mm-hmm. to me, but I just feel like it was the culmination of her, like, her journey and letting go of her grief, her grief and realizing that while it happened to her and it can inform who she is, it doesn't have to define who she is. Yes. And, like, taking that power in her own hands and standing up against Elisabetta and ultimately killing her and triumphing over her, that was just, the whole, that whole sequence, Play. that whole chapter, I was like, yes, yes, mm-hmm. go off. Like, I just, I loved it. Literal slay. So good. So, uh, switching gears, our last question here. What was your least favorite part of this book? We know my least favorite part. Yep. Like, y'all know, I love Nina and Matthias. Like, they are my OTP. I love them so much because they both overcame biases and prejudice to find what was supposed to be their one true love, and then it was taken. Yep. And... The first few chapters in Nina's point of view, I'm like, she is going through it. She is experiencing the journey of grief. Oh my gosh, she's burying Matthias. Yeah, it's like, to say I was excited about those chapters feels like the wrong word. Yeah. But I was like, oh, we're going to get to see Nina process her grief. Like, I was like, that's going to be so interesting and and fulfilling to to read about. It was off to a great start. Yes. She gets to bury him and... I she I, it's a tragedy that it she is. does not have the face she was born with mm-hmm. while this is all going on like that yes. reads as a tragedy to me initially it does and she like when she buries him she's like oh I never actually had his voice in my head I'm like yes you did that Wrong. that makes no sense to me I'm not gonna lie I'm like she speaks to the dead he's still there and yeah. she buries him in his homeland and she sat She's, like she put herself in danger to bury him like going to this candy putting in his grave yeah putting a different face on which she at the beginning is like this isn't me she puts candy in his grave oh which gosh. like she knows he would never indulge in but she would to hold on for her to wait and at 18 years old that is a lot that is so much at 18 and she finds like trassel finds her and i was like like, what are the odds when that happened i was like oh she's she's gonna take trassel she's gonna take trassel he's he's gonna gonna know that she was matthias's person because she was yeah and that's how it was going to be and then all of a sudden (laughs) hana oh let me bury the love of my life next chapter she's hot no, literally, that's also my least favorite part of this book, which is sad because Hannah, I think, is an important character and has the potential to be a really important, yes. really impactful character and is made into, like, this cut-out cardboard person we, for Nina. We talked about it. If Hannah had been introduced as a love interest in the last chapter of this book, I would have been okay. Yeah. At the first chapter of Rule of Wolves, I would have been okay. Yeah. But she is introduced as a potential love interest in the, sne- in the chapter after, after Nina buries Matthias. And that's literally, she literally, that, that's my least favorite part, mm-hmm. is when they're in, like, this long house or whatever, waiting out the weather, and Nina, like, is literally looking at Hannah's mouth and, like, biting her lip and, like, mm. I'm like, girl, you just, like, you, you're she still, cute. you're I'm still like, sweating from burying no, Matthias. it's like, he's been dead for a long time, but the sentiment is that, like, his body's not even mm-hmm. cold yet. Like, <sighs> and I think I said in the episode that we covered this in, you know, I am, like, we talked about in this episode already, yeah. I'm married. I've been in a relationship for a very long time. You don't come back from that. You might yeah. recover over time, 
It's not going to happen instantly. No. Not for an 18-year-old, not for a 50-year-old. No. It's not going to happen overnight. And even, like, anecdotally, I have a friend who her fiancé tragically passed away, like, in a freak accident. Oh, my gosh. And to my knowledge, she has never been with anybody else. And they were together, I don't know for how long, not super much more than Nina and Matthias. And I know this is fiction, and I know that Lee Bardugo is probably thinking about the character of Hannah and how to introduce Hannah, but I did not like that. But as a fantasy book, this is the most unrealistic part no, to me. No, literally. <laughs> Shifty Greg, I got it. I got it. Bear on Slay, wheels. Greg. We love you. It's a little bear. I love you. It's a little bear. A little bear in it. I love him. Uh, the, I want a little bear with wheels. The Darkling is back in Yuri's body. Cool. I'll frick him. <laughs> the Darkling, as Ben Barnes is 500-year-olds, slay. Slay. I'm into it. <laughs> like, grab a Slay. Slay. <laughs> like... You know, magic power. Like there's a or demon in Nikolai. There are saints under the, in the underfold region. I'm, As a Catholic, I'm I about get it. it. I get it. Yeah, that's not a big logical leap for me. No, burying the love of your life, who you have magically preserved his body to make this journey, in a body and a face that is not your own, and then yeah. immediately been like, "Hey, girly, where are you from?" Hey, girly, pop unrealistic i don't Wrong. like it Incorrect. which i feel like is such a disservice to nina's character yeah. and to hana's character mm-hmm. truly truly and again i don't i we love lee bartico we love her writing yes no, i don't want to discount i have that. ninth house on my shelf i yeah. bought it and i'm gonna I, read it i think like we we take that like nina's character very critically in this book because mm-hmm. we love her character so much yeah and i think not that you can reconcile it but if you see that she is just so enveloped in her grief that this mm-hmm. is happening then you can like kind of help reconcile it but also no no you know it's like oh she's doing this because she's in so much pain and then it's like because mm. it would have been so much more compelling to me if like you said hana like and her potential attraction to hana was yeah. introduced at the end of this book after hana cuts her hair uh-huh after she uses her powers to masculinize her face mm-hmm. and after Nina finds out that she's Brum's daughter. Yeah. All of that, and then starting to have these stirrings of feelings despite or because yeah. of all of these things. Nina has a type, and that is people raised by Brum. Ew. <laughs> Girly, I'm so sorry. Um, but, like, it's, like, literally that would have been so much more impactful yeah. for her to be, like, like, after going through all of this, seeing all of the turmoil that Hana has gone through, Having dinner with the prom with the Brums and her last chapter being like, "Oh shit, yeah, I'm falling." Mm-hmm. Like that would have been so much more than like a they don't even know each other and she can't take her eyes off her mouth. That's gross to yeah. me. And I mentioned I think in the recording that shall live on in our minds and hearts forever, but was lost Rest to time. Spaghetti, never, never forgetty. forgetty. I mentioned except we did forgotty. <laughs> oopsie, Garage Band ate it. Um, I find it a little icky and again this is not a critique of Lee Bardugo I find it a little icky that a lot of Nina's original attraction to Hana is predicated on her objectifying her as a woman mm. and I don't think that that's something that Nina is wrong for and it's mm-hmm. like heavily established in the Crows duology that Nina is at the very least bisexual mm-hmm. and so like that's not my gripe with it yeah. it's that if you're going to develop Hana's character in the way you're choosing to as a gender diverse person and then predicating Nina's attraction to Hana on these traditionally feminine characteristics Mm -hmm. that makes and then never really 
Like, they which, touch on it once or twice in yeah. Room of Wolves in a way that's not super satisfying. Which, again, we talked about, I'm like, she was trying to be like, oh, you're still pretty, because she doesn't know her. Exactly. She, they're strangers. And if this is... And if, they, they went from strangers to sharing a bedroom at their house. Like, like that. And it's like... Except not enemies. Sorry, that was by Renee Rapp. Mm-hmm. Such a good song. It is good. Anyway. But it's like, exactly. Yeah. It's because she doesn't know Hannah yeah. well enough to see how distressed these comments are making her. Mm-hmm. And if it had been at the end of the book after <sighs> Hannah had started to realize this and he yeah. was like, slay king. <laughs> <laughs> like, then I would have been like, like okay. I, like, I feel like after, like, all the masculinization and everything, like, there could have been a very. Slay my leash. No, there could have been a very easy conversation of Nina being like, I can change you back now. And Hannah being like, not no. yet. Mm-hmm. And Nina taking notice of that. And then when they have been... Except Nina can't change them back. That's true. That's true. Hannah can change But still, you know what I'm saying. Like, like, oh, I can help you change back now. And Mm -hmm. Hannah being like, no, no. Let's wait, actually. Um, And then Nina taking stock of that internally. Then some scenes we get in Rule of Wolves where Nina is really honest to God trying her best to be like a good... I'm not going to even say girlfriend. Like a good Mm -hmm. situationship partner. Um, And Hannah's so distressed. Then she could have had that... She could remember back to that scene in King of Scars and be like, is there something else deeper going on here? Like, yeah. what's your hair's growing back? That's great. And then that could have opened up a conversation. And you really don't have to change that much dialogue mm-hmm. in Rule of Wolves to make that a more impactful and I think a more, um, a, a better handling yeah. of those issues. I agree. But that's a big thing for me is that, like the first things that Nina notice, notices about Hana is like her stereotypically feminine characteristics which is not wrong of nina but narratively knowing what you want to do with Hannah's story arc that's a weird choice to me so king of scars and rule of wolves is nikolai and zoya always yes isn't that so weird that nothing else ever happened happened there are some good like important parts in Mm -hmm. nina and Hannah's story i would just love to like discuss with miss bardugo about why because again y'all know nina matthias Well, one of, them. One of our coworkers like... um, just got six of crows, and she was she brought it. She had like gotten it. it and like had it in her work bag today. She's like, I just got it, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. She's like, I'm gonna start I'm reading it tonight. So excited! And I was like, Okay, here's my here's like an amazing chapter intro, and it was Matthias's intro chapter, and I was like, He was dreaming again, dreaming of her in the oh. good dreams. He killed her in the bad, bad dreams. He kissed her. her, and then he like, Oh, it's and she read it she was like <gasps> i'm also like why do we i know we've talked about this at length why kill matthias because the way that things are resolved in role of wolves and we'll get there i'm not going to spoil it any more than this it takes agency away from the feared and people it does and it I does don't like that so anyway because how are we supposed to encourage change when we don't trust in the intelligence of the people so in that my mind matthias is still alive yeah nina this and is matthias. it's great to good archive of our own yeah. of fanfiction.net here's the thing or if you one, like me deviant art one thing about me is i will go to fanfiction and find a good <laughs> happy ending find fan a good fiction. fix it fic. yeah mm. and i'm like yes this is actually the ending of the book okay but this sometimes there are three little dots and i click it and it says character death and i'm like why didn't i see that before oh, no Rip. what's the craziest fandom for fan fiction you've ever read this is a bonus question that i just thought oh, of off fandom the for fan fiction i yeah. haven't read like a ton of fandoms in fan fiction because it was like in high school when i was really into fan Super fiction fair. um so it was 
like Hunger Games. I read mm. Hunger Games. The um, what's the last one? Um, Mockingjay. Ooh. I had like finished the second one like before the third one had come out, and I was trying to find like what was going on. I'm an Enneagram mm. eight. I like to be in control. <laughs> I like spoilers. I like to you know like what's to going on. Yes. Yeah. Oh, mm, that makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> what we were talking about earlier. I'm like. I need to stop, like, talking. I'm like, I don't... You like to know it's, things. Yeah. It's, you want the full context before you make a decision. I need all the information, and I want other people to also have the information. Yeah. That is it. <laughs> There's no malicious intent behind it. Community-based... Literally, decision I, making. Like it sounds like an excuse, but there's literally it's literally not though. There's I studies just, on it. I just need as much information as I can, gimme, gimme, so I can make a decision, so I can know. And so, like, I found that is how I found found. That's how I'm doing that all week. That's how I found fan fiction was because I was looking for what was going on in Mockingjay, and I found a really happy ending. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And then I read Mockingjay, and I was like, this is. And then I realized fan fiction is what it like what it was, um, and like some crazy things that I read on there. I'm like, mm, I, this should not be on the internet. No, I think back and I'm like, dang, I really read that. Yeah, during um, my formative years. Yeah. Um. So Hunger Games and Divergent trilogy because that diver- the ending of Divergent did not absolutely like. wrecked me. So obviously I went and found Veronica. You know what? You know what you did. Yeah. Uh, the craziest fanfic I ever read, um, I read all of the Maximum Ride books by James Patterson. Okay, that's so funny because those are literally either right above or right below the Divergent trilogy because mm-hmm. every once in a while I'll still go back and read some Divergent <laughs> fanfic. Because it's good. Because it is good. And that is literally right above or right below. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maximum Ride, if I read it now, I'd be like, this is trash. But when I read it in middle school, I'm like, it's my trash. Yes. <laughs> and I loved it. I ate it up. I was like, mm, mm, mm. It's delicious. So I read a lot of Maximum Ride fanfic, a lot of um, ones where they ended up just like living with her mom and doing very domestic things, which I was all about. I love a happy uh, ending. The weirdest fandom I've ever <laughs> read fanfiction for was for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. There were some really good ones. People are deranged, though. I had to blacklist some tags. I was like, "That they're teenagers and also they're turtles. Please don't do that. Oh, my gosh. Um, but others, very good. Y'all, I think we mentioned this in a previous episode, but I was like an unofficial. You were a beta reader. Unofficial beta reader. Like, people would. You betaed. Would send me their, um, like, stories before publishing. That's a beta reader. Yeah, but, but apparently there was like official ones through like fan fiction. Like, you nah, had to, nah, I don't nah, know. Nah, nah, nah. A beta reader is a beta reader. At like 14 years old, <laughs> I was <laughs> editing. 14 year old editor M putting on her glasses and going, hmm, that's a run on sentence. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I literally. This more sincere. I remember, and like my name had something, my name on fan fiction was like something Ember. Because um, I was like M. Burr. <laughs> we cold. We chilly. Um, it, it was, was a spark for the yeah, on fire. It was something like that. And yeah, that too. I was like, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and people would send it to me. And I like, honestly, like, giving my email to people on the internet, like in retrospect, not great. No, no, no. I never gave them my email because you no. can chat in fan fiction. You can chat. Yeah. And so I would like send it. And I remember this like yeah. one person, like, I edited all her, st- like, all her chapters. Wow. Yeah. I bet you got shout outs in the author's notes. I did. I knew it. <laughs> I did. I only ever got one because I never published on fanfiction.net, but I had... Keep an eye out for our fanfic for I've been, six o'clock. 
No, I'm kidding. I have been known to publish tiny, tiny vignettes on Tumblr. Oh. And I had two or three in certain fandoms that blew up. <gasps> and one, one person said, oh my gosh, I love this. Can I use it in a fanfic? And I said, yeah. And I got a shout out on their fanfic that Jordy! used a poem that I wrote oh about. Oh my gosh. Um. Jordy has a minor in poetry and is like really, really great at writing. So I wrote like micro fiction on Tumblr (laughs) for BBC's Merlin (laughs) and for How to Train Your Dragon. (laughs) I also, there was this thing on Tumblr that was huge, like crazy huge. And I don't understand why it happened, but I dabbled and it was like a crossover of a lot of different CGI things that were out at the same time. Interesting. It was Rise of the Guardians where Chris Pine was Jack Frost. Very good. It's an Easter movie that watches yeah, like a Christmas he movie. he played Jack Frost? Yes. That's, that's such a good Chris movie. Pine. It's such it's a good so movie. It's so good. So it was a crossover of Rise of the Guardians, Tangled, oh. Brave, and How to Train Your Dragon. Brother, I'm going to need you to send me that. It was wild. <laughs> and I, I sent, like, I, made, I, I wrote, like, a very small, like, two-paragraph thing to, in response to a prompt. Um, and it blew up slightly. And then I did a lot embarrassingly a lot i did like a modern au for merlin <laughs> bbc's merlin um i love it the thing that got published that got a nod on fanfic.net though it'll be the wildest coincidence in the world if somebody's like i wrote that um in how to train your dragon 2 his hiccups dad has like this marriage poem slash song that he performed for his wife when they got married and we find out in the second movie that she's still alive and so i wrote a version of that song that Hiccup would say to Astrid when they got married. Well, that's freaking adorable. And somebody said, I love this. Can I write a fanfic around it? And they did. And I oh was like... Oh, my gosh! It was cool. It, that was forever ago. I doubt I could ever find it again. That is insane. Oh, I haven't written it. fanfic in a very long time. Oh Not since gosh. high school, but... I love it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we, well, that's all I, we, we got. Hope, we would love to hear y'all's... Um, ideas about what Zoya told now and also like your favorite fanfic yes would love to hear links encouraged yes please (laughs) we will read it I will totally my number I literally thought I wasn't gonna make my goal number of books for 2023 because I fell back into a fanfiction hole (laughs) I love it honestly I still love fanfic Anyway, thank y'all for joining us. Um, if you have questions, comments, concerns, um, we would love, love, love to hear from y'all. Um, you can email us at two mournerspod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm, you can send mm-hmm. us a DM on Instagram at two mournerspod mm-hmm. um, or follow us on TikTok at two mourners podcast. Um, we, again, because of holidays and LSAT and life. Jordy getting a new job and life and just like crazy and also JVN's comedy oh, show, which was so amazing. Um, we just have been a little bit behind. So thank you for the grace and patience for that. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. Excuse me. But we hope to get on a more regular schedule soon. Yep. Um, so would love to hear from y'all. Um, and as always, happy, happy hosting. Bye. Bye.